It has begun. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Geek Remix Podcast. My name is Stacy, And I'm Mari. First of all, we wanted to start with a very special announcement because we like kind of talked about this before and people apparently thought we were joking. No. Um, <laughs> the Geek Remix dating sim is real and it is going to be released very soon. Um, it's The content will be released episodically. The first chapter is free. Uh, we made this. Well, no, we didn't. We didn't make anything. Tess. We made gave it. money to we Tess. Gave, we gave money to Tess, who Stacy supported her Patreon, and I just gave Tess money under the table, and now she won't even take money from me anymore. But as so, for those of you who don't know who Tess is, uh, she's the Chic Monster on Instagram and Twitter. She is the person behind our most of our Geek Remix animated videos, and she expressed interest in creating a dating sim for us. And so we got a couple of our friends, including Manga Minx, Hoodie Panda, Laura K. Buzz, and Todd. The infamous Todd from Dream Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so we got them to supply their characters and personalities and Tess put together what I'm sure is going to be an amazingly hilarious and fun thing to play. So you guys can look forward to that very soon. Yeah, so it's going to take place in a high school and uh, where everyone's going to be neurologically the same they are in real life. I don't know how to... So basically what Mari is saying is that like Mari's character in the game has OCD like she does in real life. My oh yeah, character... and everybody can date everybody and the main character is gender and sexually ambiguous so you can be anything you want. Yeah. So they test intentionally made it so like the main character has a completely ambiguous thing on those two sliders. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think that it's like you like pick your avatar right no it's, you don't pick your avatar yeah. but you like you basically there's it's no kind of, it's like a, it's like a visual novel where it's like you don't quote unquote pick a character but a lot of visual novels will make the main the protagonist like very ambiguous so that you can be whoever you feel like you want to be it's it's a little bit more than a visual novel it has some point and click elements to it but mostly it's a dating sim oh yeah. no i just meant like in the visual novel sense that you don't choose your character. Oh, no, I just was trying to clarify. I know, I know that you knew. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're very excited about that. Um, if you guys want, I'm like, showing them the stuff on screen as yeah. you're talking. And if you guys wanted to, like, read more about, like, the development and see some of, like, the behind-the-scenes, like, shots and GIFs and stuff, uh, Tess is, I think she's the Chic Monster on Patreon. And she's posted a bunch of stuff over there, like, about its development and her working on it and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, AJ's in it. AJ is in it. Yeah, everyone it's always asks, hey, is AJ in it? And I'm like, yes, AJ's in it. I mean, I'm in it too, guys. No, is AJ in it? How, what is AJ doing? I, well, I'm, no, we want to hear about AJ. The real question is, is AJ as much of a pain in the ass in the game as he is in real life? Did you see his art? He looks, it looks like a doofus. It looks exactly like him. <laughs> the but one on the saying, right is always the saying, best. Like, so, like, if you're playing, do, like, every five minutes, does he just start barking for no reason? No, he makes high-pitched noises for no reason. Yay, also, the soundtrack... Everyone seems to really like the soundtrack, and uh, it's 
pretty nice. And uh, do, you, do you know what the person's name is that did the soundtrack so that we can give them a shout out right now? Maglo. So M A G dot L O. Okay. And uh, I had it, I have their SoundCloud and everything linked in the video because everyone was like, oh, I thought that was a joke. I was like, it's not a joke. Here, here's a video. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> so many, honestly, though, like, okay, so I don't always read the comments on every video that we do because. I just don't have the emotional energy, but mm -hmm. I like quickly glanced through the comments on that video and it's like, oh my God, they're great. Yeah. Well, because like on Instagram, I was like, guys, the game's almost written. They're like, wait, it's real? There's like, <laughs> that, the comments on that video are like a mixture of like excitement, thirst, and like wigs getting snatched. Yeah. That's all the comments that's that are saying. <laughs> Fall into those three categories. It's so good. I really hope people like it. Tess said that when she was writing it, she cried a lot. So that means oh, it's great. good. <laughs> no, not out of frustration, but crying at her own, like, written drama. Yeah. Have you ever, yeah we've all been there writing our fan fictions. We were like, it's so sad what I'm writing. I you know? think I cry because of myself more than anything else. So that's <laughs> accurate. <laughs> But it all looks super good, and I'm, like, dying to play myself. Oh, yeah, and so we're going to do a Let's Play for that, of course. Yeah, well, okay. we're, we're going to have to date all of the characters to see what's going on, blah, blah. So, oh, yeah, the first chapter is an hour long, and it's free, as you guys can all play it. So we hope you like it. Some point and click and stuff, and uh, of, I don't want to say, like, any plot points, but love the plot points I've heard. It was pretty cool. I know absolutely nothing about this is like one of those times where I'm going into something knowing like pretty much nothing about it aside from the fact that I have abs and biceps and I was very happy about that good <laughs> here on screen Stacy's abs and biceps <laughs> you know there's gonna be a bunch of fan art of you like holding girls in the air right like picking girls up oh my gosh them around. I was like I was thinking the other day about how much I wish I knew a person that was like kind of like either like a either like a child or a medium-sized dog so that I could try push-ups with like somebody on my back but I don't think I know any adults that are like small enough well why don't you put AJ on your back we could definitely well AJ's okay. AJ fits that we're gonna do that tomorrow okay We'll put it on Instagram. We'll definitely do it. <laughs> um, and then something else that we were like talking about before we actually started this podcast was, uh, which is like not really related to gaming, but I kind of wanted to bring it up because I heard about it from Gavin, who does his Miracle of Sound. Um, so he's an independent musician that does like music inspired by video games, and he posted this article about how. Um, Apple is, and iTunes is going to be phasing out uh, purchase downloads for music. So the gist that I gather is that like they're what they're basically going to do is like a year from now, I think is when they're going to implement it. They're going to have it be so that instead of like actually buying and owning the music, you just pay for a subscription to Apple Music and you can stream everything like Spotify. Now, you can when you use Apple Music, you can still download stuff to listen to offline. 
Um, but you, it just means that like you don't you don't own it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the Netflix like download and watch offline. Like you still don't own it, but like Netflix allows you to watch offline mm-hmm. in case you go on a flight or something. Um, so I don't know. I just like the, I wanted to bring it up, I guess, because it's like it it's getting like so hard for creators, like especially with you know musicians and like everything moving towards streaming to like make money. Um, that because it's like a musician, the number of times that you have to stream a song in order to give like earn a dollar for that person is like thousands of times or something like that. If it's anything like YouTube, it's probably a thousand times you have to play it. Yeah, to get no, a dollar. I think I think I think that I I feel like it's in the in the thousands of numbers of streams because I remember he posted about it one time because people were asking like, hey, like, you know, I listen to all your music streaming, like, how much does that support you? And he was like, well, you know, like, if that's what you want to do, like, that's fine. But you know, the best I feel like with musicians and like YouTube creators and like artists and all that stuff it's moving more and more towards stuff like patreon there's one thing that annoys me is when people are like well musicians need to like adjust and everything well uh, it's like annoys me because like the adjust way... adjust to the adjust to like their their trade not making money a completely anymore? a completely capitalistic nightmare basically but the you know one of the main things like musicians musicians and uh, bands have to do is they have to go on tour to make up for that and th- it's just like a lot of money's like not being very balanced like I know my brother in law he goes on tour a lot as a, a lead singer and he'll sing so much that he completely loses his voice yeah. and like he's in a lot of pain but he literally cannot stop singing because if he doesn't like they're just not going to make any money. Yeah, so it's like, what, they cancel tour dates, and then everyone gets upset, and, like, yeah. And he can't cancel, and he, like, gets laryngitis so bad that and so painful, and then the his, uh, student, or his whatever it's called, fucking, what's a record label, is like, okay, you done finished singing here? Okay, well, now you have to do a press event and sing some more, and he just has to keep on singing, and it's yeah. really painful and uncomfortable. So if you guys want to support a band or whatever, buy their merch and buy their music. Like, if you can't afford, like, literally everything, try and buy something for, like, a dollar. Yeah. But just find a way to, like, actually, like, purchase a thing. I mean, and, like, if you can't... Well, hold on. Another thing I want to say, though, because I know that not everybody is in the position to buy stuff... Like, another thing that you can do to support someone for free is to, like, spread the word about people that you like. So or, like, like, make fan art or make yeah. cool posts or stuff like that. That's what I see. Like, people are like, oh, I feel bad because I can't afford to buy Life is Strange. And I'm like, well, you could always, like, buy, like, some a Life is Strange, like, thing, like, for five bucks. Or you can make fan art or you can participate in the positivity and the fandom stuff like that and like telling you know because it's like you tell if you tell like friends of yours that or like you post about like this game that you really like then it you know maybe somebody else will end up buying it or somebody will find it and enjoy it that wouldn't have found it otherwise like that's still valuable you know mm-hmm. 
So yeah, just try your best to support. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the th- the thing is, is like you know, I not everybody's you... got cash to burn. Yeah, totally true. Uh, and I mean, bringing it back to like YouTube, just because like that's what we do. Uh, so that's what we obviously see the most of. Like, I feel like sometimes people don't understand. They're like, they're like, oh well, like why do creators complain about not making as much money? But like if you're not like a huge, huge creator, like smaller creators don't make that much money off of advertising. Like we, you, you know, like we've never made like enough money off of advertising for the two of us to both be fully supported by it. And Mm -hmm. like, and now things have gotten, the money has gone down so much because YouTube has made like lots more restrictions and rules. And that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. Like It's I'm, slowly bouncing back, but, like, in this really stressful, like, maybe, nope, nope, yes, I don't know. Like, I know. <laughs> Do you remember, I remember, was it last March when the, like, first wave of the apocalypse hit and, like, all the brands, like, boycotted YouTube and it's, like, our earnings fell down to, like, literally one, like, 25% of what they normally were for a month. And I, you and I were just looking at each other. That's when we made that video. Do you remember that? We yeah, made that video I being didn't... like, holy shit, we're so fucked. I, I it's, I don't and... know what to do about that. Like, and it's such a hypocrite, hypocritical thing because fucking, what's her face? That late, did you hear about what's like that Nazi lady did on Fox News? No. Well, she had been, like, basically a full-blown Nazi on TV for a while, but then she made fun of one of the survivors of the most recent school shooting. <laughs> and he's, like, oh 17 God. years old. And she made fun of him on Twitter saying, LOL, 4.1 GPA, and got, to, like, like uh, rejected from four schools, like, blah, blah, blah. And the guy and the kid he she, she was attacking goes, you know what? This is unacceptable. Here's all her top advertisers. Please contact them and ask them if this is what they want to support. And they're all, like, so far, I think six have pulled out since yesterday. Yeah. So, congratulations, Gen Z. You're succeeding where millennials have failed. We're very proud of you. Uh, I don't understand how this is related. Just made me think of advertisers pulling out, but, like, how YouTube, like, people say shitty things, but, like, on mainstream media, people can say so much worse and do mm. so much worse things. Things that, like, actually tangibly hurt the world, and it takes so much more for that to happen. Yeah, I feel, so I feel like one of the issues that YouTube has, and obviously, like, we've talked about, we talked about, we've talked about this before, but um, one of the issues with YouTube, obviously, is that, like, uh, because it's uh, the advertising buys are algorithm driven, like a company can't obviously say like what exactly is going to be on the programs that I put my ads in front of. Like they really don't know, you know, like mm-hmm. even if they pick like categories, those categories, like, you know, you don't really know exactly what's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where brands get like really scared and skittish because you, you know, 
like there was a period of time where YouTube kind of was like the wild wild west with like all sorts of stuff on there that had advertising on it and like you know if if brands are like okay with that that's fine but they also have a right to pull their ads if they don't feel like you know putting their brand in front of it I think some people understand that like you know a brand putting their ad on YouTube doesn't mean that that brand has actually seen that specific video but some people really don't see it that way you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's it's not like a television program where like you know Starbucks Starbucks doesn't choose to put its ad in front of our YouTube video specifically oh they, actually they've been getting a lot of anti-abortion videos on our videos apparently <laughs> which uh you know what I'm pro-abortion I'm not pro-choice I'm pro-abortion oh my god take that ads on our videos that's fucking crazy hey if you watch our videos and you see crazy ads like that can you please is there a place to report them can you report ads i don't know there's been some really messed up conservative ads on youtube yeah <laughs> they're I, so weird there's gotta i feel like there's gotta be a place to say like this is not relevant or something like that like because twitter and instagram allow you to do that they allow you to say like i don't want this content so, I don't know. I don't understand. I've given up on just like trying to. Con it's like trying to herd cats with YouTube. You're just like, maybe they'll decide to go in the direction I want them to. But <laughs> yeah, I, well, the the tricky thing with YouTube is that, and that like I think that a lot of people don't really understand is that like people are like, no, but YouTube wants to show more ads because then they make more money. And I'm like, no, what they want first is for their clients to purchase more ads. They won't have more ads to show if the clients don't purchase them. Do you know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. the companies are who they want to impress first. Mm -hmm. Way more than creators. And I'm not saying that they're like they don't care about creators at all, but like if if they had to choose between one or the other, it's definitely going to be the companies because the companies are the people that pay them. It's like it's like the whole like, you know, the the company has to buy the advertising spot before there's an ad to even show. So, anyways, this big long tangent. Um, Sony blocks PS4 game about picking up women. Yeah, so Sony blocked and didn't and refused to sell Super Seducer, and we know some of these articles are old, but we still think they're juicy. So we're gonna take a bite. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I wanted to talk about this because it's like I feel like having having played the whole game now, um, first of all, I support Sony as a private company being like, hey, we don't want to sell this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't really think there was anything in that game that made me say, like, they shouldn't sell it, you know? Well, I think that the game uh, was, I, like, highly like I hate to use the word offensive I guess I guess the better word would be disturbing um and I've seen a lot worse sold on the Xbox live store remember of that oh, nightmare yeah. world oh my god so we've seen a lot worse I think the quote unquote I don't I guess are I don't want to say are you saying that like I've seen too much and my expectations are just like well it's not like literally telling you to you know kill women I, so it's fine i think the issue here is that it gives advice in a subtle enough way 
that it, it can make a real impact on people's minds. Does that make sense? Like, if it was more over the top, I would be like, whatever. Like, people are going to know. But, like, this is a much more subtle way of saying, like, be a normal person. Ask about her days. Then she'll trust you enough and you can trick her into fucking you. Like, like that shit. Yeah. So it was a lot closer to that. And I think Sony was like, I just, I don't even want to deal with that drama. You know? No, and I mean, I totally understand their decision. Like, especially in today's uh, climate, I guess, where people are a little bit, like companies, I feel like some of them are being a little bit more sensitive to like, do we really want, you know, because even if you look at the game and you're like, oh, I don't see anything wrong with it. Like, I think most people could agree that it is considered controversial to some. I consider it to be a lot more. It was simultaneously less disturbing and way more disturbing than I thought it was going to be. It's really well done. I guess what I'm saying is I think that even somebody who looks at the game and is like, oh, I don't see a problem with it, I think they could at least realize that some people would consider it to be controversial. Do you know what I mean? Just having a game just of like on your platform that's just like how to manipulate people to fuck you is kind of like weird i mean and at the same time i remember we did play straight up pickup advice games on xbox live i know but i guess but those are games were kind of just like they were plopped out there and xbox live didn't care well this one had a lot more but the thing is is that like yeah, I mean, well, first of all, first of all, the Xbox Live Store is had a lot of steaming heaps of garbage on it, and I think that Sony is probably trying to take a little bit more of an active role in managing what goes up on their store. Sony's just more woke. What can I say? Maybe. I mean, there's still some shit up there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just I don't want to give them too much credit because I feel like this one was pretty obvious. Maybe this is a good sign where companies are trying to be a little bit more aware of the current world's climate and how people feel. And on top of that, the growing female base of, like, potential customers. Because if you put that on your platform and you're like, I don't give a shit, you're kind of alienating a lot of possible future customers in a budding demographic. I don't know if that's really it, though, because it's like there are so many... I feel like there are so many other games that maybe they're not exactly like this, but... Like that, other games on, on Sony's platform? Or like, or just, like, on like on, on Steam and, like, whatnot that, like, are... I feel are... like Steam and Sony are not really comparable in that. Sony is has a lot more identity with the games that oh, they put I, on their well, platform. You, you said, like... The way that you were talking about it made made me think that you were talking about, like, industry in general. Oh, no, just Sony. Okay. But hopefully, well, the way I see it, Sony and Microsoft now are a lot more strict with what they put on their stores these days than they used to be back in the wild, wild west of 2011. <sighs> that was, <laughs> those were some days. 
But if you and guys ever were... want to go look at some of the stuff that we found on there, go check out the Shitty Looks playlist. It's I couldn't. They're, they're, you can't get better quality shit than you. That. You can't. And the thing is, is that like you, you don't find stuff like that anymore. It's better than the Steam bullshit you find these days. Yeah, it's just it really. It is. has it has the perfect level of effort that was put in while still being complete garbage. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta be honest though, I kind of miss it. I miss it a lot. I miss it every day. <laughs> I miss it every day. I think about it every day, thinking, like, when are we going to be able to get back to there? I know. <laughs> Xbox Live Store, I miss you so much. Yeah, oh my god, it's so amazing. If anybody knows of similar shit that we could find on Steam, I might be open to... But the thing is with Steam is, like, it's completely open, so you can't find, like, that perfect level of well, effort versus shit. And one of like, the so you issues, have to try. Like, one of the issues with Steam, I feel like, is that a lot of, like, the quote-unquote shit that ends up on there is just, like, asset flips that's not, like, really funny. Yeah, like, it's not funny. You gotta have this perfect level of, like, this guy put a lot of thought into his in-depth erotic fiction that he made into a video game. Oh, what was that? What was that, like, tr Pleasure Island or... The what? Beginning, yeah. yeah. The Beginning. <laughs> and there was, like, also, like you know, this woman who was a cop, and then remembers, like, how many orgasms did I give to you last night? <laughs> I don't know! And then he becomes a soul or some shit. Wait, I feel like we... Did we find that on Xbox Live, or did yeah, we Yeah, we did. I thought that was more recent. No. Huh. How many orgasms did I give you last so how night? How many orgasms did I give you last night? And we were both like, this is not real. What? This is made by a man. <laughs> um... And uh, the next one that I wanted to look at was uh, the the developers uh, who create Play Dead, who created Limbo and Inside, have partnered with a sex doll manufacturer to create a three hundred and seventy five dollar special edition. A special edition for what? For I think it's for their. Um, they, it's like, a, it's a special mystery collector's edition of Inside. They don't actually tell you what's in this collector's edition. It's probably going to be weird flush shit, nothing sexual, but it could be. They partnered up with Real Doll, and they, so they, you don't know what it is. It's all up for speculation. Pre-orders are actually, I don't know if they're still taking pre-orders right now, but they're not going to be. My theory is that. They partnered up with Real Doll because they're good at making realistic body Flesh. parts. Yeah, so they're probably gonna send you like a weird blob, you know? Maybe. I mean, it's because three hundred seventy-five bucks. Oh my god. Maybe it's like, remember, it's like the thing at the end. Yeah, the, I'm looking at the the wrapping paper they're showing in the yeah. article, and I'm like, it's probably gonna be something like that. It's, it's gonna have monster. like arms and shit. So that's probably why it's gonna be so expensive. The question is. Does it have a hole? You can... That's important. I mean, that's an What if it's question. something else that does have a hole in it? Yeah, I mean... Or another question, does it have extruding appendages? Does it have can... appendages or a hole? I feel like that's kind of a key selling point. Like, we're Maybe not it's gonna, a plumbus. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it has... It has a protruding appendage, it has a hole, and something on it vibrates. So whatever you want to do with that combination of items. It's not a sex toy. It's a commemorative collector's edition item. Exactly. But it does these things. Yeah. So, so just saying. You decide. 
Um, I kind of want, I don't have $375 to spend, but if I did, I'd probably make a bad choice and spend it on this. Um, so obviously the Oscars happened a while ago, but there were a couple of things that I wanted to touch on just cause like, you know, history in the making type stuff. Um, Jordan Peele became the first black writer to win an Oscar for best original screenplay for his first movie, Get Out. That movie was so good. It scared the shit out of me. I saw that movie with Todd in theaters and we were both freaking, freaking out. out. Yeah. Yeah. We were both freaking out because I honestly like we go in and he's like, oh, it's made by the guys by Kay and Peele. And I had previously seen Keanu, a Kay and Peele movie about them going to find a kitten. Oh my god, did you think it was going to be a comedy? Yes. Like they didn't they didn't explain. He and his friends were like we're going to see Get Out. And I was like, "Oh, like what is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's about, you know, like white people being racist or something." And I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like a comedy like making fun of like <laughs> liberal white people, you know, or something like that." And then so I'm like, <laughs> When does it get funny? Like, when, when am I going to laugh? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away for, like, people who haven't seen it, but it's very good, and I yeah. highly The way he explained it. it, it sounded still like a comedy to me, and I was like, it's not funny yet. Where does it get funny? I'm oh, scared. I, um, I knew that it was going to, like, have, like, horror elements to it, but I didn't know, obviously, exactly where it was going, so I just, I was like... This is great. Um, Guillermo del Toro won Best Director for Shape of Water, and Blade Runner 2049 took home Oscars for... Oh, hold on. He took home Oscars for Best Visual Effects and Best Cinematography. Um, Can I just say something about... I'm already clapping. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. already clapping. But Emma Stone, why you got to be like that when she was announcing the directors where she goes like, I don't remember the name of the female director, but she goes blah, blah, blah. And then some and then four men kind of completely ignoring that uh, the director of Get Out was in that list. And it was kind of a big deal that he was there. Oh, um, it was uh uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to associate that female director's name with Emma Stone's actions. No, 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 so, no, no. I know. I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to remember, like exactly. It. I don't know that it was it the Get Out guy. I think there was another guy too that was like. Basic. Basically, the problem color. is is that people did not take into account like intersectional, like. She was doing that, I like... I stuff at all, and was just looking at, like, oh, there's a woman, and so I care about the gender balance, but not looking at all about the at the people of color that are also being represented in this category that is, like, kind of uh, history-making for them to be in this, you know? Yeah, some people would call it, quote-unquote, white feminism. You can call it whatever you want. It was just kind of like, Emma, this is strike number three for me. You gotta start thinking about the things you do and say. Yeah, well, You're a sweet I think, girl, and I'm sure you had the best intentions, but, like, come on. I think I think most people refer to it as white woman feminism. White woman feminism, not just white feminism? Yeah, because the people who think of it, only because the people who usually end up, like, tripping up on stuff like this are typically white women. Yeah, so, and, like, I can see where it can come from, just, like, 
you know, when people are being, like, pro-feminism, just remember to be, like, also include, you know, women of color and stuff like that. And, you know? and in this instance specifically, the the issue that people were pointing out was that, like, yes, it's great that there's a woman in this category, but there were also, like... Some men of color. Some men of color that are Who made also... some pretty important, uh, impactful movies as well. And are typically not well represented in that category either. So, like, to only focus on a woman is, you know, it, it's overlooking the fact that there are other... Ca it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it, you know, you you want to make sure to, like, keep in mind that there, there are other intersections of... I, like identities and like sexuality, gender, and um, race that like you don't want to just look specifically at like one category and be like we did it, or like yeah because it was kind of like it wasn't just excluding it was kind of like stepping on them and that wasn't like cool yeah. to be like it doesn't count because you're a man he's like didn't say anything but I I was like come on like we're here we're in this together like not. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. And, like, it's just our choices for roles in the past were a little tone deaf. And I was like, girl, I know that you have the best intentions, but you got to think outside yourself. Well, there was the, there was that, like, Hawaii movie. Was there another one? Aloha, and there was another movie called The Help. And oh, it was, yeah. it was so, I was oh, like, yeah. are you serious? Like, I can't believe this movie was made. Like, yeah. Especially considering that the movie, the who the person who the movie is about was like, don't make this book or movie about me. <laughs> I, it was so, so I never, condescending. I never, I never read the book or watched the movie, so. I watched, like, it was, like, on one of those days where it's, like, on TV, and I was like, what is this movie? Like, yeah, really? It was basically about how hard it was for... I don't even, like, I don't even want to repeat the plot because it just makes me feel racist. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. It was like, I feel so bad myself as a white woman who has servants and how embarrassing, like, oh, God, I can't even, like, and I like, can't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for my servants, but I still yeah. have servants. Exactly. That basically was the movie. <laughs> And the person who the she who the book was written and I about. Just, I feel so guilty about this. How do I reconcile my guilt? It was yeah. It was basically the movie. I was like, does no? Am I? I'm looking around like, what, why did you make this movie? Who let you do this? Yeah. Um. So next story was uh from our good friend Laura Kate Dale who was talking about how. Um, the we can there are hypotheses that we may hear more details about life is strange. See, how does she do it? How does she get all well, these no, no, no. This is we don't have any details yet. This is more just like a speculation that we should see some details. Her speculations are always correct, I know, which is why, like, we got to put this out there. Like, she's she's great. Um, the one thing that I did want to, like, for sure confirm, though, is that I feel like some people were like, oh, I wonder, like, what character from Life is Strange they'll follow next. But, like, don't not already confirmed that this second game that they're working on is completely new cast of characters. It it's over. Let them rest. It's over. <laughs> it doesn't follow the original game in any way. 
so it's over everybody let them rest wouldn't you rather have what we have and not risk it being ruined yeah so what they did say was that um they posted on on the game's official tumblr that we look forward in the coming months uh to when michael coke and raul barbe's team at don't i'm sorry if i'm saying their names wrong by the way i'm very sorry uh, returns to present the new story and characters of the next Life is Strange. So it should be in the next couple months. I'm very excited because if they have a whole new cast of characters, that means they're going to be able to listen to the feedback of the fandom. I really hope so. Or take like a bold move. Like, you know, the ca- the main characters in Life is Strange, beautiful, amazing. Maybe we can have a little more racial diversity. Maybe we can have a main character who's more uh, uh, defined with their sexuality so that people can feel like it's not like being like skirted around. Maybe we can have those things, you know? Maybe yeah. we'll listen to some feedback. I wonder, so obviously like with some games, I feel like the... Uh like the tendency is to not define it too much so that the player can kind of like insert themselves. Like obviously, you know, with Max, like some people, some people honestly like wanted to date Warren in that game. And like, I wonder if that's why they kind of left things open. Yeah. But at the same time when the character, the main character is a straight guy, it's just confirmed as I'm a straight guy immediately and I'm nothing else. So why can't we have, you know, not that. No, I know. I'm just, I, I, I'm not like, I'm not saying that we can't have a more defined character. I'm merely looking at their previous choice. Yeah. And I hope, because, listen, Donut, you're in France, Paris, France. Pressure's on you to push the boundaries, okay? If you don't, France is disappointed, okay? Wait, why France? Because they're always doing the best stuff. Really? They're always pushing it to extremes with the horror genre, with the romance genre. They're always being like, I'm going to do this. You can't Uh, stop me. I've never watched a French romance movie. I have. It was called Blue is the Warmest Color. I got really bored and skipped to the sex. That's not really a romance. (laughs) Well, I don't really look at that as romance. And what about Amelie, I guess? She was kind of ace, in my opinion. I never watched that. (gasps) You'd probably hate it, but I love it. <laughs> it's too whimsical for you, I think. Too, it's too, it's too like I want to know what's going on. That type. Yeah, of thing. well, I think you would just think everyone in it was annoying. Mm, there because is because it's always like risk. The, it's like a really quirky romance where you're like, I think I watch it, and I'm like, oh, but if you watch it, you'd be like, I don't no. know though, because I really enjoyed The Shape of Water, and that's definitely like whimsical romance. No, I didn't. haven't seen The Shape of Water, but I can already tell. It's a fucking dude locked up in a government facility. It started off where you like to be, Stacey. It's not a dude. Uh, uh, amphibian humanoid creature. Yeah. It's a merman. <laughs> merman. But I want to say, like, for you, it started off like, That's this true. dude is locked up. <laughs> There's no hope. She's just eating eggs by herself. Like I, I, I did really enjoy that movie. I thought it. Was I haven't great. been able to see it yet because I haven't found anyone I trust enough to go see it with. Well, you can't go see it at this point. 
<laughs> Why is my life so hard? You've waited way too long. Well, the person I was going to go see it with didn't go see it with me, and then I just forgot. Yeah. And then, I don't know. It's going to be great, though. Uh, Monster Hunter World is now Capcom's best-selling game ever. Not surprised. It's a pretty fun game. Yeah, with combined digital and physical sales of over 7.5 million copies, even before the PC release, which is due out in autumn. I can't wait for the PC release, because playing on the Xbox One, non-upgraded version... Xbox. I was like... I could I could tell what it was supposed to look like in greatness, but it was downgraded <laughs> so much. I was like, I'll just imagine what I'm supposed to be seeing. And then I saw it on an Xbox One, like the upgraded one, Scorpion, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck this. I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. I want to play it on my PC. It's going to look amazing. Or it will break and it won't work. That's what you're going to get for PC ports from consoles. It's either going to look incredible or it just gonna be or it's gonna be a broken nightmare yeah Yeah. (laughs) um they have shown the first trailer for the upcoming harry potter hogwarts mystery mobile game um from you gotta finish the books stacy i know stacy made an ignorant comment about slytherins the other day so ignorant Mm. when you're like why do they have a house where all the evil people go. And I was like, Stacy, incorrect. All the evil people come from Slytherin, but not all people go to Slytherin become evil. I'm just Rude. saying, if you if you have all the evil people in one place, you should just murder all of them before they can murder you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know who would say that? Slytherin. Voldemort would say that. Okay. Voldemort would say that. I am not a Slytherin, however. I am. Oh, somebody was asking uh, what our houses are. Are you a Ravenclaw? Yeah. But, real quick point the person who says that is Ron Weasley. So, we don't actually know if that's actually true. You know? If only all the bad wizards ever have come from Slytherin. Like, it's. That seems statistically improbable, even with personality tests, considering. The, the sorting hat usually is stuck between two houses for the kids when they're yeah. he was talking to them. I don't know. Because he was going to put Hermione in Ravenclaw, and he was going to put um, Neville in Hufflepuff. Like, he was, like, it's up in the yeah, air for the all Yeah, but the thing is, kids. is that do you really, it, like, the type of person, I guess, like, the type of personality that goes into Slytherin, do you really think that you could mistake them for going somewhere else? Well, you know Harry was going to go to Sly- was going to go to Slytherin. Yeah, that's true. And it's not because like Voldemort was in his head. No, it was it's because Harry's evil, obviously. That was the no. story that J.K. Rowling never wrote. <laughs> well, that's he is canon. a Damn it, I can't tell Stacy why it's possible <laughs> it was a certain way. <laughs> But, like, it often happens where, like, you know, the sorting hat is, like, stuck between two or three different houses you could belong to, and it asks you what you want. Wait, do you mean that perhaps, just maybe, even in real life, it means that people are complex, multifaceted people that have lots of elements to their personality, 
and that if you choose to embrace certain aspects of your personality, that's kind of up to you. Well, what? interesting that note. Weird. J.K. Rowling, her a series of books after that explored that because it was in the future and people were sorted into different uh, communities based off of their um, personality types, based off of a test similar to like the Sorting Hat. But the people who were, but it was about people who were divergent from that sorting. Wait, are you? You're not talking about the Divergent series, are you? Yeah, that's made by J.K. Rowling. Really? I th let me fact check it, but I'm I, pretty I sure don't... it was. No, it's yeah, not. It's... I thought it was. It's it's written by Veronica Roth. I thought that was the same person. What? Nope, I'm wrong. <laughs> I was I didn't know that J.K. Rowling had another series of books. Uh, she, I know that she wrote something under a, a pseudonym as a man. She had, no, so she has a bunch of, like, books that are not, so she has a couple, uh, names under Robert Galbraith, and then a yeah, couple I books remember... that are, like, not about magic stuff that are just, like, general fiction, but I don't think she wrote another. I, oh, yeah, you're right, I had to fact check that, but I do remember when she, first wrote under that pseudonym, pseudonym her book was praised for being so well aware of women's fashion for a man <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> they fantastic. were like wow he really understands women's fashion and like a women's po a woman's point of well, view because you know that okay so because of the inherent sexism in the industry listen, when a man listen i have read so many books where it's like it's this male author like describing what is supposed to be a very fashionable woman and I, and they're like she was wearing a brown leather skirt with a navy turtleneck and a pearl necklace and clogs and you're just and you're like, like oh god and I'm like oh my god like what this is and you're like instantly taken out of the story <laughs> i was listening to this book that was so clearly written by a heterosexual man or at least somebody who wasn't attracted to men because oh wait no it was um that podcast we listened to with the uh, geometric satan and what? it was like she was describing this guy who was supposed to be attractive but she just named off several male celebrities and said he looked like a mix of those people oh yeah 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 oh but oh ooh, ooh. did you hear about that guy who basically wrote shining fan fiction and then he was like it's not fan fiction it's academic yep. and it blah 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 and everyone's like you wrote fan fi fiction like you okay? wrote fan fiction and that's totally fine but like let's call it what it is no but he was like dissing on it and everyone was like basically being like oh so he's a man so therefore it can't be fan fiction oh yeah okay so says it's not fan fiction Oh yeah, okay. When men write fan fiction, it's not it isn't fan fiction because it's academic. And it, Can to I be just... fair, like this is like this guy saying this. <laughs> it's literally like just this guy. But I I feel like some people think that fan fiction but okay, so oh, speaking of fan fiction actually, um the the novelist Mackenzie Lee, who wrote The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue, which is a very awesome book by the way 
uh, her sequel, Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy, is coming out this year. But anyways, she actually got her start writing fan fiction. And, like, she was originally writing, like, completely different types of books. And then she, at, on the side... Fan fiction is, like, the base... It's, like, how... Like, that's basically, like, practicing writing. Well, so her fan fiction, a lot of it was, like, historical, like, type fan fiction. Like, oh, I'm going to write a fan fiction novel about these, like, historical characters and, like, but what they would have been, like, like that type of thing. And That's then, literally real stuff people really write exactly. about. Exactly. And so, like, that's not, up, that's... like, she ends up getting a signed book deal for these, like, two really amazing books and, like... And I hate the idea that, like, these things can't be real because it's, like, look at all the books that are out for Star Wars. Like, those are fan fiction, essentially, because those people are writing about a, a universe. Do you know what I mean? Like, they didn't create the universe. They're writing about a universe that was already created by somebody else. You so know? this guy named Lonely Christopher. I really need to just read <laughs> what this fucking guy said. <laughs> So he wrote basically the Shining fan fiction, and he admitted he didn't even really like read the book. He just had it in his lap as he was writing it. So, huh. so the he book wa- is so a he con- watched the movie. Yeah, basically, <laughs> the book is a concerted rejection of the standards of any type of literature. What? So in that way, it is reacting to the formal elements it ensues. And interacting with readerly expectations as well as the history of the medium. I guess the reason why this isn't fan fiction is because, first of all, it's not enjoyable in the same way, and then it's it's vaguely academic. Aesthetically speaking, it owes much to Stein, Beckett, Robert Grillet, and Bernhard. Intellectually, it has a relationship to Farth's Foucault, Derrida, Deb. Debord and oh especially Baudrillard. So, cool so it is having conversations with different texts in different ways. Dude, it's so <laughs> weird how like it's like I feel like so many good writers will be like, No, I suck at this. I'm so awful. Like, why do you pay attention to me? And then the ones that are not very good will be like, actually, I'm like the next John Kerouac or like huh. Jack Kerouac or like whatever. It's like, uh But you know what? Okay, so what really bothers me about this whole story is actually not that he, like, says all this stuff. What bothers me is that, like, the reason he's saying this is because fan fiction has such a reputation of being, like, quote-unquote not... For women. For women and, like, not, quote-unquote, real writing. Oh, and also for gay people. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, like, it's a great medium for women and gay people because... That's not you don't get that a lot in media. So women and gay people have to make up their own stories. You know, that's exactly one of the things that Mackenzie Lee was talking about because she was like, you know, I wanted to write stories about people who are not typically represented mm-hmm. in like tradition and like in in media. Like so, her the protagonist to Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue is a bisexual guy whose love interest is a black man. And, like, that's just not something that you see very often. So And a lot of issues with, like, people who write things will get criticisms from either their writing teachers or whatever or their editors being like, this character has, quote-unquote, too many identities. 
mm-hmm. as in like, oh, they're black and gay and trans, and it's like, yeah, a lot of people are those things. You know, like, I never well, understand that because it's like, it's it's like that Tumblr post that was going around where it was like somebody being like, how how likely is it that every single person in a group of friends that or that there's more than one person, more than one gay person in a group of friends, and I was like actually very likely (laughs) yeah because like okay i am biracial and queer and have a mental illness like there there like everybody has like 15 ands yeah you know yeah it's like why is a character not allowed to be to have as many things that make them not streamlined or whatever as possible Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, guess it's it's just it's it's just kind of like we- weird that like people can't see that like I don't know I don't like and I don't honestly like I don't think of us like you know like oh we're queer women that have like a mental illness like I don't think of that as being that rare because I know so many people that fall into this category. Yeah, I I like it doesn't maybe it's strange like, to Christ, people who've like, never been exposed to people like that like that probably but, describes like half the people that follow me on twitter <laughs> you know that describes half the cast of paranormal yeah you know you know and people are probably gonna like somebody's gonna complain like and i've already gotten asks like like well, how come none of the people in paranormal like look quote-unquote normal and i was like because that's what we look like <laughs> we're real people <laughs> We're real people. This is a real group of people that just happened to be in the same game. And, like, that's just what happened. Yeah. It's just... What do you mean look normal? Like, what... Also, I'm just saying, like, Hoodie is pretty normal. Quote, unquote. If you're going to give it, like, the, like... Well, he's, well, he's, you know, we needed to represent, represent normies. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's our token normal character. Yeah. (laughs) He's the token normal. He's the token token normie. (laughs) Sorry, Hoodie. It's so funny because when I was thinking of like. It's okay. We had to have one in the game to make sure that normies felt represented. (laughs) Don't you guys feel so much better? So when I, when uh, Tess was like, yeah, I want to make, like, a dating stand, I was like, okay, like, I'll go ask a bunch of people. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, who, what men can I ask that is not going to eventually betray us by saying something stupid on social media? Oh, yeah, and Hoodie and, and I was like, like Hoodie and Todd. Things that come to mind, yeah. Cause and then I was like, who else? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Not hating or anything. I respect people's opinions, but I wanted this game to be, like, clean. Not, like, clean as in, like, nothing sexy. Just, like, yeah, everything is okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to... You don't need to be stressed out when you play this. It's safe. All the men... <laughs> I wanted... I wanted the any girls playing to be, like, these are good examples for me to date, you know? Like, what if... Or g- girls and boys. I'm so sorry. Like, or anybody in between. I just wanted to have good male figures, like, positive, like, safe I male would, figures. I would go so far as to say that, like, everybody in the game, like, even though we're all, like, different from each other and, like, we have our own personalities and opinions, like, I think that we're all pretty chill peeps. Yeah, I wanted to have people who had, who were good like, when people are like, oh, Mari, I have, like, a crush on you. I'm like, this is so much pressure because now I need to have be a good example of who they should have a crush on. Like, you know? Yeah. 
Because yeah. I want people to be, like, to have a good idea of what they should be getting out of their out of their crushes or like well, i don't know i don't want I, people I also like i feel like a lot of that burden falls on tess too to like write characters you know because i don't want i don't want people to think that like we had any hand in writing the dialogue because we know all we did goes hey put our mental illness in there also gay stuff yeah that's it tess gave us a very like what I thought was, like, a very thoughtful survey to, like, kind of suss out, like, what our, we wanted our characters to be like. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, she, we should tell them, like, it was, like, give me some reference pictures for your sense of style, which was great. So Stacy gave her her Instagram, and I just looked up the word pastel witch on Google. And then said, like, what's one, like, totem piece of clothing that you always want? And Stacy, you chose suspenders, and I chose, like, I crystal. Or maybe I just told Tess to put suspenders on you. You must have said that because I would never say suspenders. Well, well, I, I made sure there were suspenders and muscles. <laughs> Wait, why would I want suspenders? Because you're always, t- like, remember you were like, I love having suspenders but not wearing them over my shoulders? What the, what? I can prove this. I've never I will go... worn suspenders. Just not true. I've, you... No, I've seriously, like, I have my pair for Chloe cosplay. That's it. What? I'm going to have to find this. Or somebody who's just recently watched literally all of our videos is going to have to Somebody who's memorized all of our videos, can you please back this up? I know that I am correct on this one. Usually I'm like, maybe I made that up. No, I clearly remember this. Uh, Where you were like, I've always wanted, or something like that. Where something you were like suspenders. But anyway. I'm pretty sure my answer for that definitely would have been uh, combat boots. Probably. I don't know. And um, well, and then she, we were supposed to, like, describe, like, what would we, what do we do after school? What do we do when we are upset? How do people get to know you? Like, and just, like, it was basically, or what would be in your backpack, which comes into play in the game? Mm-hmm. What other questions were there? It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was fun. Behind the scenes information. Yeah. Um, Black Panther, so this story is old, so at this point, these numbers are probably way out of date, but Black Panther has brought in over a billion dollars worldwide. It's the fifth Marvel film to break the ten figures barrier. I wonder if we can get in... Uh... I think it's, like, it's one of the best ones, but I'm really glad it's doing so well because it shows that, like, hey, Hollywood, if you make a movie that's, like, for the people they're for... Not only will that demographic show up, all the other demographics are going to show up too because it's a cool movie and they're like, it's it's new, it's different, and they want to support people and they want to see oh different types of people. Black Panther has become the highest grossing superhero movie in the U.S. Good. It beat out The Last Jedi and The Avengers. Good. Because I feel like this is really showing like if you make a different type of movie with different characters with different experiences and different cultures and stuff and it's well, gonna do well and not just that but that like to put in that that if you put in the legwork to create a world around diverse characters that people want to see that you will be rewarded for it mm-hmm. you know what i mean so and so this gives hope to a lot of other minority groups who are basically being like oh yeah i'm so glad this did well hopefully it'll be one for like my demographic and, you know, it might even go past beyond, like, racial demographics. Maybe there'll be movies that are, like, 
more okay with showing like queer people and you know other types of people yeah i i i love the i saw somebody talking about this how it's like it would just be so nice to in terms of specifically like queer stories that it would be great to get to the point where like queer stories don't like with love simon so love simon is a queer movie that came out recently and it basically like some straight people were kind of like do queer teenagers even need this movie because it's like well because it's it's like a happy story you know what i mean oh my god and like and like and also because like i don't know if it's just like that their take was that it doesn't like show like i feel like a lot of queer stories sometimes like they revolve around the like around confusion or coming out or like like the struggle you know Mm -hmm. and it's like it's the same thing with movies about african americans like not every movie about african americans should be about slavery like there should be superhero movies there should be like like girls trip you know that's a group about a like a group of female friends who are women of color and like that you'll notice that movies made for black people by black people often show them like as successful and happy and happy I, and like, I like, like i hate to cite tyler perry but he's one of the main people who produce the most amount of movies and a lot of it is like he'll like address like racial issues but then also be like i'm a successful person like here's me doing cool stuff not being like my life Ugh! like you know yeah yeah so, so it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't need to, sh- you gotta have more, you gotta give people of color more chances to get Academy Awards than playing roles in which they suffered, because that sucks. Yeah, it really does. Not all of us can be in 1940s, World War Two era romances about, like, lies and by rich people mm-hmm. atonement, okay? The most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. like Um, you gotta give people more chances like because having all these like historical movies getting academy awards all the time when all the historical movies take place in like in places where you know all the roles are only gonna make sense to have white people in them it's either it's either only gonna make sense to have white people or it's a story of struggle or it's, it takes place in Egypt and still stars white people. <laughs> You're like, wait, hold on. Wait, what? Uh, we have a couple of YouTube stories. So I don't know if you heard about this. But did you hear about the guy who made um, Marcus Michan, who made the video about his dog no, being a Nazi? No. <laughs> so, but he was... Uh, like he was found guilty in a court of hate speech for doing this. Wait, so like was the was so the what video? He, what he did is he basically. Um, so I read like somebody sent me this story on Tumblr and asked for my thoughts about it, and so then I looked up a little bit more about it. And I'm not telling you guys this story because I think that I have like an answer of what I think should be done because I think that a lot of this stuff is so like gray area. But I thought it would be interesting to, like, bring it up and maybe talk about our thoughts on it. So what happened was is he's kind of like, I guess he, I mean, I don't watch his stuff, but I, I guess he's kind of like a controversial YouTuber. So what he did is he, to play a prank on his girlfriend, he 
uh, made a video of like teaching the dog to do the Nazi salute. Like if, okay. if he said like Sig Heil, then the dog would Nazi salute. Um, <sighs> and like he was saying a bunch of other stuff that you know would be considered by many to be like pretty offensive. Even if, like, even if you think it's a joke, like, it's still an offensive joke. Um, but he was arrested and convicted of a hate crime, I think, because of this. Um, and, like, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very weird, because, like, on the one hand, ugh. I don't know. I'm not saying that I have any answers because on the one hand, like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's not cool, but I don't know. Is he going to jail or something? I don't know if he's going to, he's, I think he's awaiting sentencing right now. I don't, it, I, it depends on the punishment. There's also the fact that we live in the United well, States. The, but I think that what a lot of people are talking about is like even even depending on what his punishment is, he was still arrested and and found guilty. So he's going to be sentenced to something for committing. I don't know crime. what the laws are, but in Europe, I know that like they're a lot more strict about Nazi stuff. Nazi stuff because honestly, they were touched a lot harder by that situation than us in the United States. See, and that's the thing is that like so for people who are looking at this from like the u.s perspective and being like oh well it's clear that he's like you know it's clear that he's joking and that he's not a nazi it's like right but if you know that you're not supposed to make comments like this about nazis well it's also like historically for them i guess the equivalent for us is if somebody in the united states started saying this stuff a... about black people started saying stuff about black people and they were wearing a kkk robe like yeah you don't know if they're being serious or not and that's kind of scary it is scary. like that it would be the equivalent of that like and because in europe that kind of threat is a lot more real and a lot more well, like, it's like impactful people, people joke about nazis as if they're like not real anymore it's like there's still tons of nazis out there well, 10 years ago, I think this joke would have gone by fine, but now that there's, like, this resurgence of, like, Nazi bullshit. Of, like, neo-Nazis and everything. And... and not saying that they didn't exist. They've just gotten a lot more bold. I think that in, within the context, it's a lot more scary. But, yeah, in, in Europe, that kind of uh, content is a lot more scary because the Nazis actually invaded those physical places. I just and, like when when people look at this and they're like and they're like oh but like what about free speech I'm like right but what if this was in the U S and he'd been saying like hey like do you want to like, don't 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 even make it up just like do you, just I okay do you want to like and saying it but like you can read the article you can see like some of the stuff that he says in the video and just like translate that to like another group of people. Yeah, just translate that to KKK talking about minorities and just be like, oh, or just, because if that was done in the United States, that would be kind of that. We also have hate speech. Or, or even like, laws. you know, if, you know, wherever you are, like, what's a group that you're a part of? How would you take it if somebody was making a video like that was directed about a group that you belong to and that you might feel more sensitive to? You know, because I know that for some people, it's like they have a hard time conceptualizing it if it doesn't, like, directly affect them. 
But like, yeah, it, and it could also be perceived as like an actual call to call action. to action. Yeah, because honestly, with the alt right movement these days, there's a lot of things called dog whistling, in which they'll like, they'll have like a code that only other racists can hear. Basically, you never hear something and you're like, that seems racist, but I can't quite like figure out how it is racist. It's, a, it's like a code. Yeah, so kind of like, remember Pepe the Frog? That was kind of like, they would put the frog emoji in their tweets just to be like, just in case you guys are wondering, I'm, I'm a racist, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of communities do that, and it's not always, like, a bad thing. Well, don't, don't say, because dog whistling and... No, I know, it's, and, I know it's, it's not the same as dog whistling, but like... Yeah, dog whistling is like, I, I'm trying, hey guys, I'm like... I'm trying to like say to people that this is different than other communities that might adopt a symbol that they use just for them. Yeah, they're, they're basically using memes for the dark side. For the dark and side. So, like, when people are making these jokes now, like, you, it's really hard to know if they're joking or if they actually mean it within the context of today's Well, stuff. and here's the thing, is that if somebody tells a joke, does, if somebody means it as a joke, does it really matter if it's... Because you're still using somebody else's fear and pain for your own laughter, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, if somebody, it's, it's like if somebody like hit somebody else with a car, they might not have meant to hit them with the car, but they still did it, <laughs> you know, like, it, or it's also like when, you know, when people say like the N word and they're like, well, I didn't really mean it that way. I was like, yeah, but you're still using like somebody else's a identity yeah. and be a word that was used to oppress them for your own amusement and it's and it's like hurting them but you're and you think it's funny and like harmless but you have no idea what that feels well, like well and it's like it, and for people like thinking like oh well then like what can we can't have offensive jokes and it's like i can think of so many other offensive jokes that don't pick on a group of people that mm -hmm. you could do instead like there's tons of like you, you, Why do you think we only have disgusting sex jokes you, it's all like, the time? Well, it's like you don't have to, like, give up, like, edgy humor. Like, just, you know, the people that are like, oh, well, like, this is just edgy humor. Like, you can't have edgy humor anymore. And it's like, no, that's racist humor. And it's like, you don't have to include that to be edgy. There's plenty of things that you can say, you know? I feel like we're pretty edgy just in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, we talk about, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when people are like, oh, like, do you know how many times we hear like, oh, I had your video on and then you accidentally, you started shouting something and my family overheard and I was very embarrassed. And it's like, aha, so we are edgy. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Kids, kids, we're on the edge. Stick with us. Yeah. <laughs> it really cracks me up how sometimes people have been like, oh, I was like watching your videos with like my grandma or my parents or like whatever. And I'm like, oh, don't no. do it, man. Don't do it. Bad choice. Well, I mean, if you want to, I suppose that's if they're, I don't know, if they're. If you have that kind of relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but we can't be held responsible. <laughs> hey, you know, we tell our kids, we tell, not my kids. I don't have your kids. Your kids? We're, I don't have kids. You have kids. I, I refer to our fans as our kids. Yeah. You're my babies. Uh, we tell the kids, do your homework. I feel like we, despite our disgusting ways, we try our best to be good role models in the ways that matter. 
Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it's you can be a role model that still makes a lot of jokes about semen. Yeah, because semen's you know, funny. Semen is funny, and <laughs> farts are funny, and vaginas <laughs> are gross. <laughs> you know, they're always sliming it up. But at the same time, do your homework and respect people of all types of genitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in other YouTube news, uh, there was a there was a uh, interview with YouTube where they clarified. Oh, wait, can I just clarify? Yeah. Stacy and I are not saying that like this guy should go to jail for making no. a YouTube video. No. I don't think he should go to jail. I think maybe just like do some community service or something, at most. Like. I don't know what the laws are over there or whatever. I just, I don't think it deserves jail time, but I'm just saying, like, it's a complicated subject and we're two Americans. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I tried to say, like, at the very front of that segment that, like, I don't have, like, I'm not trying to present, like, my opinions as, like, the one right answer. The one true truth. The one true truth. I just thought it would be interesting to talk about, so. Um... Uh. There was an interview with YouTube where they talked about how, so you know how like everybody always complains that they don't get notifications and stuff? Yeah. For videos? So basically what you have to do in order to get notifications from a channel, you have to like, so they actually, YouTube actually came out and said like, no, of course we don't notify all your subscribers about a video, (laughs) which Basically what happens is you have to, one, subscribe to the channel. Two, you have to enable notifications with like that little bell icon that you can find on the channel. Three, you have to be, you have to actively engage with the channel. So even if you have subscribed and you've enabled notifications, if you're not like watching videos from that channel and you maybe haven't clicked on anything in like a couple weeks or something, YouTube will stop sending you notifications. So they only want to send to people like who are like the mo- your most active subscribers, I guess, is their but it's like okay, and like I'm not like I understand the here's what I don't understand about this is that like if people have already opted into notifications, that means they want to see the stuff. You know? Is it like, I don't, it's like, uh, I, I don't even know, I feel like it's constantly having to bitch on social media all the time to get YouTube to do things, you know? Like, well, and this also really hurts creators, like, so we put out daily content most of the time, this really hurts people who put out content less often. Because if someone's not clicking on their stuff, like, all the time, then their stuff is automatically going to get hidden. So somebody How is it get, like, I just, this is, and now we're going to have to bitch about this on Twitter. Like, can we just have a real dialogue with YouTube? Huh? We already bitched about it on Twitter. I know, and we have to do it until YouTube feels so stupid they do something about it. Yeah, so... And then it just makes us all look like assholes all the time. And it's like, I'm sorry, this is the only way. <laughs> There's this is the no other way. And yeah. I mean, I know. I feel like people get so frustrated and they're like, oh, like, YouTubers are such whiny babies. And it's like, yeah, but, like, unless everybody raises their voice and complains, nothing changes. 
You know what I mean? It's not like there's, like, a YouTube helpline that we... Do you know how much stuff had to happen to get Logan Paul to go the fuck away? He had to, like, kill animals. I know. Just, like, we... It it wasn't only, like... it. God, like, it Like, he filmed a dead body. YouTube himself didn't do anything at that point. He put himself on hiatus. (laughs) And then he came back and played with animal dead bodies and killed a fish... And then YouTube was like, I guess we'll, like, ugh, press a button. God! No. like, It's just ridiculous. Ugh. It's just, like, so much has to happen to get YouTube to do anything. They were still promoting close-ups of that guy's girlfriend's butthole. God. Yeah. So, in other weird news, the Utah State Bar, which is, like, the Association for Lawyers... They sent everybody on their mailing list a picture of boobs. <laughs> so they sent out, like... Was there, like, any sort of... What if it was, like... No, no, no. So I only was, saw was, the headline, and I thought maybe this was some sort of, like, legal entrapment or no, something. You can, you can see what the email is if you scroll down. Well, no, I just wanted, like, I just wanted my image of, like, my first idea of what this was, like, <laughs> trying to get like some sort of, it's like a plot point in the movie where it's like, if every up- lawyer in Utah sees her tits, they can't take the case. Like- yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it was, like, some sort of, like, email newsletter that they sent out, and whoever was creating it, like, accidentally threw, I don't know how you do that, because, like. Whose boobs was it? Just some, some boobs? It looks like professionally done boob, boob, a boob picture, like a professional boob picture. Well, I'm pretty sure it's like, yeah, I don't know. Is um, that, like, it seems like a professionally done booby picture. I don't have any more information than you do at this point. I don't know that what? boobs have been identified. That's a good question. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they're going to, like, create a boob lineup to, to see if they can find the person behind the boobs. But. I know this probably isn't what happened, but it would be amazing. Actually, it wouldn't be amazing. This is this is bad, and it's sexual harassment. But <laughs> you went from amazing <laughs> to sexual harassment. What on earth? Well, I realized what I was saying because then I was like, wait, if someone sent their dick to everyone, that'd be gross. Yeah. So, but if she was just like, someone's like, you know what? I want the world to see my boobies. Just one lawyer being like, you'll never catch me. Yeah, that would definitely be sexual harassment. Yeah, so. <laughs> it would be funny if it was in a TV show, but not in real life. Yeah. Um, Miriam Webster has added the term dumpster fire to the dictionary. I'm so glad we've destroyed the English language. I know. It, the definition, U.S. informal, is an utterly calamitous or mismanaged situation or occurrence. A disaster. <laughs> I love it. I kind of love that, like, we have these moments where they put out articles where they're like, oh, uh, bootylicious has been added to the dictionary, and everyone, like, freaks out that we're, like, absolutely destroying words, even though when you look at, like, all the stuff that old-timey people used to say, like, they said stuff that was just as ridiculous. We just don't see it that way now because it's old-timey, you know? I'm just, like, so excited for the future of words. I want to hear all of them. So, thank you, Gen Z, for saving the world. Basically, Gen Z is going to save the world. You're doing an amazing job with your 
anti-gun stuff right now. Good job, Gen Z. We're proud. That sounds a little dismissive, but I do. Agree. I'm not being. I'm not being dismissive. I'm being one hundred percent. I think it's serious. because you're saying it like thanks. Gen Z for like fixing the gun stuff that's like super cool of you but it's true they're fixing everything like we're like us millennials we just complained about it we're like don't do it anymore and now Gen Z is like we're actually going to fix it because you can't do anything we're like oh my god you're so right yeah I'm being serious Gen Z you're killing it and I'm so proud of you I mean it's honestly a real shame that it had to come to that, though. I know. I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this, Gen Z. But I'm so glad you're stepping up. Yeah. You're better than us. It's like, it's just really, it, I mean, I like, so something that you, that I see a lot of, like, older people talking about on Twitter, like, people who are, like, in their, like, 50s and stuff, is how, like, fucking, and people who are, like, generally on the side of, like, gun legislation, they talk about, like, how it's fucking embarrassing that like all these politicians are essentially being schooled by like teenagers and it's like they're trying to be dismissive of teens as if their opinions shouldn't matter and it's like okay I understand that like when you're a teenager like maybe you don't always make like the same decisions that you would make as an adult I know I certainly didn't but like your opinions still matter and they're it's like there's still a lot of like really awesome stuff that kids and teens can do like just because they're young like doesn't mean they don't know what the fuck they're talking about you know i think another issue is that people who are trying to defend guns in the radical way for example some of the hosts on fox news oh god if you keep up with this you'll know what i'm talking about or nra the nra they're used to being able to bully people who are defending guns because they're used to ha their advocates or uh, whatever. Being adults. Um, being adults who, like, they can attack, but they're not used to having their the people who are against them being, A, kids, and B, victims, and C, know how to navigate social media and how to behave and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, like, it's really fucking embarrassing to see, like, politicians and, like, NRA mouthpiece. I mean, like, I know that we don't want to get too much into the politics of it, but regardless they're of... They're, like, they're bullying well, those it's kids. Like, it's, like, regardless of, like, where your opinion on the matter is, it's still really embarrassing to see politicians bullying kids. Yeah, <laughs> Regardless it's, it's... of what your opinion is, it's embarrassing no matter what side it happens on. You know? It's embarrassing for us as a country that we have gotten to this point where anybody is making, like, all right, Stacy and I are allowed to do it, but it'll make us assholes. But we're not fucking politicians where our job is to, like, be chill. Yeah. You know? Like, if Stacy and I did, everyone would be like, wow, what a, they're fucking assholes. Yeah. But, like, we're not I mean, representing, like, the law, so it's okay-ish. Not really, but, like, well, but I mean, you like, know? There have been times where, like, you know, people have, like, sent us messages on Tumblr and, like, when you respond, people get pissed at you for how you respond. And it's like, okay, like, you're allowed to get pissed at me about that. But, like, if, like, a, a politician, like, they're supposed to be, I don't want to say they're supposed to be better than us. Because they, ne no, they never No, they're supposed are, to be better than us, they, honestly. I mean. They're supposed to be the best of us. Yeah. 
supposed like, they're supposed to hold themselves to that standard and like, and like people just it's like they act as if it's just a given that all politicians are like you know shitheads and liars and i'm like but that's not how it should be so yeah yeah so everyone just like you know don't be mean to kids don't be mean to kids um i feel like i look at um what's her face i i can't remember her name she has short hair she's pretty like the leader of the emma is that her name emma gonzalez yeah she i look at her i'm like she's basically older than me she's more mature she's <laughs> she's oh, i i'm like i hope i'm her when i grow up yeah like that's how i feel when i look at her i'm like wow i hope i end up like her when i'm older you're also very immature so thank you you're welcome I'm always be young. <laughs> um, they found the oldest known message in a bottle in Australia. What did it say? Dick butt? It's from 1886. So What did it say? Um, I don't... I wonder what it did... I don't know... What did it say? I don't know that they have the message in here. Oh, wait. Here, here he goes. I found it. Where? The note was too damp to open initially, according to the account. A group waited for it to dry, and they were amazed to see that it was carefully written in German. Quote, The first thing that caught my eye was the year field, 18 blank, said Illman's husband, Kim. Wait, it seems to... No, 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 no. This, isn't the, this isn't what the note said. Damn it, I was wrong, That's just sorry. A quote. Well, they unraveled it. It has to say what it said. Um, I don't think that they have the message in here. Why would they not do that? I don't know. Because they it, said they unraveled it. Yeah. I basically just thought it was neat because it's, like, literally from, like, 130 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's actually really cool, yeah. People used to send this stuff. People used to, like, just drop, like, message in a bottle into the sea, like, all the time. And, like, the fact that they just, like, wash up now is, like, kind of, I don't know. That just seems really cool to me. You know, um, mm. it's kind of like when they find like, like, I don't know, just like discoveries of like, I don't what, what was it? Like they were trying to like make a continuation of like the subway in like the United Kingdom or something. And they ended up finding like an old like army base or something like that. Stuff like that, you know, it's like, mm. oh, we didn't even know this was here. And now we're finding a whole bunch of bodies. Um... Uh, I just wanted to, we've already been on for a long time, So, but the one thing that I just wanted to add was that um, if you are looking for, so we talked a lot about diverse characters and the necessity for stories like that today, so if you are interested in reading a book that is about a diverse group of characters, um, stories that are not told as often, I would highly recommend Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. She's a Nigerian-American author, and uh, this is, it's a YA book about characters. Young adult? Yeah, young adult. It's essentially, but it's like a fantasy novel set in like an African-type setting. It's incredibly beautiful and just like, you know, I just like, I kept thinking about like Black Panther, honestly, while I was, so I was, I listened to it on Audible. And the narrator is just really amazing. And, like, I just kept thinking about, like, how it was so cool to, like, to listen to a book that's so different from, like, you know, so many fiction books are just, like, you know. The main character looks like Storm. Yeah. They have, uh, 
she's part of like a magical clan and they have like white hair it's like oh it's so cool it's it's like it's almost like like x-men but in africa and like fantasy set it's just it's really cool highly recommend it if you wanted to listen to it uh you can visit audibletrial.com slash geekremix if you haven't used audible before you can listen to a free book on us and uh, if you wanted to keep up with my book recommendations, you can, of course, find me on Goodreads. That's goodreads.com slash geekremixalot. And I normally keep it pretty updated with, like, what I'm reading and what I think about stuff. So, anyways, did uh, we should probably wrap things up. Did you have anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap things up? I don't think so. All right. Um, so, keep an eye out for Paranormal. Um if you oh we are also going to be working on a game roast video because we hit our next patreon goal so thank you so much to everybody who has supported us on patreon uh you know as we've mentioned it definitely helps out helps us out a lot and we're excited to take a look at the winner is heavy rain so we will be taking a look at that jason i know jason 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 Jason. Um, and uh, if you want to keep in touch with me in between videos, uh, you can find me at Geek Remix a lot on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Go ahead. Oh, and I'm Geek Remix on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. So. Uh, and keep an eye out for Paranormal. It's probably going to be on Itch.io. It's going to be out probably by the time you hear this. Goodbye. Bye. I almost hung up on you, Stacey. Oh, nice.